we are here on the second day of the Texas Book Fest in the great city of Austin. I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Kate Martin-Williams. She is currently typing out the questions for our author, Jeopardy. Admiring the hats of my fellow Texans as they stroll through the book festival. There's a nice array of hats. What's the compound noun, the collective noun for hats? You know how there's like a flock of geese and a, a charm of hummingbirds? You know those collective... Can you repeat that, There is... David, David has informed me the collective noun for hats is shit pile. And there are a shit pile of hats at the Texas Book Festival. Yeah. I do concur. <laughs> I'm Jessica Cole. I'm Fulu. I'm Kate Martin Williams. And this is Effing Shakespeare. By writers, for writers. It's our it's our inaugural recording of uh, the Sunday at Texas Book Festival, and we have uh, Lowell McWhite here with us to do uh, session number one today. First one, good. How do you feel being a guinea pig? Um, uh, it's it's the place of honor. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good. Well, we're happy to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and uh, the kinds of stuff that you work on? Uh, uh, I'm a novelist, uh, though I have some short stories, primarily a novelist, and I teach at Texas A&M. I've been writing off and on for a long time, um, but started getting serious in the late 90s. I was the Dobie Paisano Fellow in 1998, and uh, while there, I worked, did my first novel, uh, That Demon Life, which came out in 2009. And so that time I was in graduate school at Texas A&M, and I'm teaching there now. Oh, nice. So. Cool. And what kind of, what, what department? English department. Oh, right on. So primarily creative writing, some literature, so, but uh, mostly creative writing. Good place to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy to have you on the show. You, uh, you up for some author jeopardy this yeah. morning? Yeah. All right. So you're the only contestant, which means you get to pick the categories every single time. Good. Lucky you. You're always the winner. Good. <laughs> writing advice for 400. Okay. Well, this one is, uh, is hand-picked for you. This is the course you should be sure to take on your imaginary college's imaginary syllabus, but I guess it doesn't have to be imaginary in your case. Mm-hmm. So recommending recommendations for uh, courses for aspiring writers. Well, do the basic creative writing classes. Uh, at A&M, we have an introductory to creative, introduction to creative writing and then a couple intermediate fiction classes, intermediate poetry. So take all those. Uh, don't uh, limit yourself to one genre. Mm-hmm. Work, in, work in poetry as well as fiction and, or creative nonfiction. Uh, also do some art classes, art history at least. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and uh, do hi- the history in general so you have a context about the world we live in. That's awesome. Um, as an undergraduate, uh, art history classes I took at UT were helped me in my writing probably more than the creative writing classes. Such a good note. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you have to, you know, for you're writing an exam or, or, or take home paper or something like that, you have to describe a painting. How are you going to describe it? That's mm-hmm. kind of difficult, actually. You sure. To, you have to work at it. Oh, that's good. That's good advice. I, I once met a student. Uh, I also teach at a university. once met a student who wanted to get into writing, and, uh, and she was 
talking about uh, other courses with me, and I said, yeah, you want to take some history courses? You want to take some philosophy courses? He goes, nah, I don't like history. I don't like philosophy. And it's like, then what are you going to write about? <laughs> what the hell are you going to write about? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. History is just the story. I mean, there's details on economic stuff, and like, but it's still what people did in the world. Essentially yeah. narrative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, next category. Uh, overlook texts for 600. All right. This is the book you hand out with all the fervor of a religious tract door-to-door. Um, now playing at Canterbury by Vance Borgeli. Uh, it's out of print for some really crazy reason. Borgeli was... Uh, uh, his first book came out like in the late 40s. Uh, um, Canterbury came out in the mid-70s. Uh, he was director of the Iowa Univers- University of Iowa's mm. MFA program mm-hmm. for a long time, uh, and it's just an outstanding book. It's it's. Uh, um, I remember when I got my first copy of it. Uh, I, I, I could tell I was coming down with a cold or flu or something, and I stopped at the bookstore to get something to read, and I saw this, and I sort of remembered seeing reviews of it uh, uh, when it first came out, so I bought it. I was just it took my mind off the flu. For, however many days right um sort of a story of uh, a couple professors at the university of iowa who have written an opera and they get a cast of professional musicians to come in from around the country to iowa city to perform it and each character has a story to tell and uh, so it just it's canterbury tales that's in, good in the 1970s yeah uh, and it's just a, just fun it's interesting it's well written I, I, I just love that one. all right another category uh, Two kinds of people for 400. Okay, this is fill in the blank. There are two kinds of people in the world people who read Ayn Rand and people who read fill in the blank. Joseph Stalin. Yeah, those Venn diagrams do not overlap. <laughs> Yes. Well, in my the current book I'm writing, one of the characters is an Ayn Rand fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, so you could naturally you know what they won't read. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, you care to do one more? Sure. Uh, let's go back to writing advice for a thousand. Okay. Best advice to young writers you could give now that you never received. That's kind of difficult. Um, uh, I fuss at my students a lot because they have difficulty of dialogue and paragraphing their dialogue. I, I think it's because they spend most of their writing careers doing essays, but there's no dialogue. Mm. So getting that in there. So I would say pay attention to how writers do dialogue if you want to have characters talk to each other. Uh, you know, make sure the commas go in the comma place. It sounds fussy, but it's hard to understand if they're not. So. Right. so, so, so uh, and I was never taught that either. I just sort of picked it up by reading a lot and seeing what other writers were doing who used dialogue effectively. And so pay attention to that. Yeah. Pay, pay attention to that. So uh, dialogue is a really good tool, and uh, uh, you have to work at it to get it right. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, Lowell, thanks for coming on the show. Can yeah. you uh, let our listeners know where to find your work and, um, yeah, 
where to go? Where can they go? Uh, my books are available on Amazon, so just uh, rub you through the search engine there. Uh, I have a website, www.lowellmickwhite.com. And that's L-O-W-E-L-L-Mick.com, uh-huh. M-I-C-K? M-I-C-K, W-H-I-T-E, all together. Okay. And I also, I'm doing an on. my next book is going to be an online well, I'm serializing it online as I revise it. So oh, every, how fun! Every Tuesday I post. Uh, every every Saturday I post about 2,000 words or so, and that's www.normalschoolnovel.com. Oh, and nice. you can find it. And there's lots of cussing in it. Did we talk about cussing earlier? I don't know. Yeah, oh, that, wait, I know. This is it's F and Shakespeare. It's F and Shakespeare. Yeah. We have to talk about cussing. What did you guys say? I missed it. <laughs> There will be explicit content. Oh. There is, there, uh, there is, and it's only the good characters who cuss. Yes. I think toward the, toward the end of the first draft, one of the bad people says to the hero, yeah, well, fuck you. But that, 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 that's at the very end. Well, but ever than that, it's only the good people who cuss because that's like true life. I think so. Uh, I like this awesome. guy. Man, thanks for coming yeah, on the show. We really know. appreciate it. Oh, it was a high place. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> Uh, American light novelist Christopher Bear. I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. Bear? Correct. Hey, how about that? I'm on a roll today. And Paula uh, Zavala, who yeah. is the illustrator, and they are also a husband and wife team. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, so I have questions about that. They're here to talk about their um, their uh, novel here, Mariko Takahashi. Takashi. <laughs> Mariko Takashi. Mariko Takashi. What's it like uh, collaborating? Well, um, it's an interesting perspective because I have to write the book, get it to a point where I know all the details that need to be there, and then I have to go through a Google Translate program because her English for understanding uh, what I write is still a little slow. It's just faster if I process it through Spanish. And then I hand it off to her. Oh my gosh, wow. And I ask her to get 10, at least 10 illustrations throughout the story of parts that she really likes and wants to illustrate. They're so, great illustrations. The yeah. podcast doesn't do this, uh, so <laughs> this genre col- justice, but they're great, yeah. We collaborate, but it's more of I want to hand it off to her. She gets started, and I work on the next novel. Oh, cool. Very cool. Paolo, what's it like, uh, what's it like for you? Wow. Uh, Please repeat me the question. What's what's it like collaborating with your husband? Oh yeah, we had another words for collaboration, but it was like personal for internet uh, projects. Uh-huh. And what well, it, it was hard for me because of the language and, and the Spanish and people. And Google is not very useful in real <laughs> to translate. <laughs> but I, I got fun uh, making those words because um, because I can I can translate ideas to pictures and sometimes it's not easy. Well, they they look beautiful. Like, uh, that oh, certainly you. does translate. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you care to play a little author Jeopardy with us? Sure. So uh, you're the only contestant in the show, so luckily you get to pick all the categories. Uh, let me know uh, what looks interesting. What category do you like? Well, let's start with writing advice for 200. All right. What 
is the best uh, writing advice you could give to young writers, especially uh, looking to write in your genre? Well, uh, the best one I've ever heard and I take to heart is you have to read what's already out there. Mm -hmm. if, for example, I wanted to write light novels since I started reading them, and it's like, this is, a, this is an interesting idea. It's young adult fiction. But it's not tailored to young adults. It's tailored to more of the adult crowd, the same people like manga and anime. Oh, okay. So it was uh, harder to do that. But in order to get the feeling of what was a good light novel, I had to keep reading what was already on the shelves. Right, yeah. So anyone who wants to write any genre, go out and read not only what's top in that genre, but also the independent authors, the people who don't get enough exposure but are trying these new ideas that big-time publishers don't want to take a chance on yet. That's really well said, and I think it applies for across all the genres. Whatever whatever medium you're working in, you need to know, uh, you know, the popular stuff and then the other stuff, the fringe stuff, so you can find your place. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Anything else up there that appeals to you? Another category? Uh, how about uh, unnecessary pairing? Four hundred. Okay, so this is our uh, sort of books and beverage category. <laughs> All right. This book pairs best with Torchy's Tacos. Mm. You know what? I always eat Torchy Tacos without reading anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Torchy's is just so good, you it, cannot be bothered. There's one right up the road for me. It's about <laughs> two miles away. It's just like, mm. So I don't actually read anything that would pair well with Torchy's Tacos. Oh, man. Well, I can't award you any points. Mm. So 400 in the hole. 400 in the hole. They're no bad. I know about tacos, and they're no bad. <laughs> All right, another category you like? How about <laughs> overlooked texts and personal faves? Uh, right. If you could buy a book in bulk to hand out to all the trick-or-treaters instead of candy, what book would it be? Uh, I would buy tons of copies of Zofloya okay. by Dacker. Nice. Yeah, it's one of those supernatural-themed Victorian age, I believe, novels. Just when Gothic was really right. starting to get going, yeah, and it's one not many people know of, but it, it reads like a basic uh, forgotten love story, and then it just turns its head two thirds of the way through, and it's like, what just happened? Yeah, so I like it's it. It's a really good read, and it's a short book, so little kids would be like, what in the hell is going on? That's awesome. I like it a lot. All right, another category, man. Uh, how about potpourri for six hundred? All right, what is the most exciting moment you've had at the Texas Book Festival? I think um, just realizing that there are many more Austin-based authors than I realized. Uh, the, mon the ones I've already known are science fiction, but there are mystery writers here, children's authors, history authors, and I just never knew that they were here. So cool. You had a chance to uh, plug in and get to know them, say hi? And uh, we went home with about $300 worth of books yesterday. We're coming back again today. So, yeah, we're plugging in. That's fantastic. <laughs> so. Lovely here. That's great. Uh, anything else you like? One more? Um, let's try two kinds of people for 200 All right. This is fill in the blank. Okay. All right. 
there are two kinds of people in the world, those who read Amazon reviews of their books and writers who fill in the blank. Writers who continue writing and don't care what Amazon reviews think of their books. <laughs> That's <laughs> a popular answer. Ah, oh, yes. Very good. All right, well, tell, uh, tell our listeners where they can find um, your light novel. Sure. They can buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any major bookseller out there. Uh, if they want to, they can contact their local bookstore, comic book store, anyone. It's available through Ingram for distribution. The ebook's available online through Amazon only. And they can go to marikotakashi.com to read samples of the books and find out news about when the next one's out. All right, great. You guys, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We got Christoph Paul. That's me. What's up? Pen name Mandy DeSandra. Yep. Wait, is it a long A? Is it Sandra? Mandy DeSandra. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, I am uh, an author, editor, and publisher. All right. And depends what day it is where I feel like one or the more, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. So, You're also a mad bookseller. You're out here. I, uh, I work telemarketing, you know? Oh, how and I about work it? Radio Shack, the weird, all these shitty jobs. Radio oh, Shack is that's awful. That's all preparation. Oh, I would like and, to... and uh, porn store manager. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, then this is. And wait, wait. One last Jesus. one. Yeah. Department of Labor. <laughs> so Somehow, fun. that in itself is a great book. Yeah. yeah. I want to do that down the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want you to compare and contrast selling books, selling dildos, and selling remote control cars. Absolutely. <laughs> um, selling books is it's nice because you care about the books. Where, you know, like, uh, I did take pride in my vibrator selling. Okay. <laughs> I think that was something that mattered. It was something you special. Gotta, and you got to know what your person needs. You know, like, yeah, like, you know, that's You're not going to give, like, You the, know, you don't want to be the creepy guy. You have right. a girl. She's she's not like, oh, this is so cool. I'm buying a vibrator. Like, she doesn't feel good about it. Yeah. You know, even though there shouldn't be any problem with buying a vibrator. But, you know, there's a social stigma. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so you just like, hey, what do you... You have to like guide like in a way that makes people feel comfortable okay, and figure out yeah. what they're really looking for. Okay, so in this You're my hero. imaginary Venn diagram, where yes. does remote control cars hawking I, those? You know, fit? I never was passionate they're about both it. Battery operated. I, <laughs> I I honestly I did not really try that hard with uh, Radio Shack. <laughs> but I tried with the porn store. Okay. It's different, good. you know. This is going well. Yeah. What uh? So what kind of stuff are you writing? I mean, I I'm I'm a genre fucker. When all said and done, like I will write like my first book was a humor book and it won an award. I was proud of that. Nice. So it was nonfiction mostly. Is that the Twitter book? No, no, that's no. A, the Passion of the Kristoff. Oh, okay. I wrote that. Um, I've done pop culture poetry like uh, horror film poems and. I don't even have Sports Center poems. I'm bad. Oh, I thought you were going to bring your Sports I'll, Center I'll, poems. Well, well you can, it's all right. You yeah. Still, you got, yeah, I'll do you what do I got. You, you do what um, I've done uh, horror as well. I like horror. I did a slasher camp for nerd dorks, which is kind of a comedy horror for I published with a racer head. Right. So some of it I'll publish with my own press, some with other presses. I'm doing uh, another book with 
a deadite press called mm -hmm. uh, The Ghost, the Aliens, and the Boy Who Loved a Girl, which is kind of like uh, more nice. serious horror. I like the title a lot. Um, I've worked with an agent before. It wasn't really my thing in the end. Yeah, yeah. So I like, I mean, I'd rather just, I'd rather have more freedom than in advance. Right. So I, as you see, I can sell books. It's not something that I, it's just, you know, it's nice to get in advance, but I don't like... Like, my press and what I write are kind of the same, where we're looking before that area in the middle between mainstream and, and just pure trash. Right. You know? And it's, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Where my pen name is definitely pure trash. So can we talk a little bit about Mandy? Mandy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to I find no, out more about Mandy. It's funny. Mandy has a fan base in uh, Spain. And, and she has, honestly, people like Mandy more than me, and I, I roll with it. That's amazing. Yeah. How'd you get all the way over to Spain? Uh, there's a Bizarro Erotica is bigger in Spain in certain countries. That's its own genre? Bizarro Erotica, yes. Okay. okay. Chuck These Tingle. Are... I do not know what that is. I mean, like, Chuck Tingle, I'd say there's a time where we were kind of rivals. I think we were, like, influencing each other, like... When Mandy did uh, Kirk Cameron and the Crocodile of Chaos Magic, which is kind of political bizarro erotica. Hold on, say the title one more time. Kirk Cameron mm -hmm. and the Crocodile of Chaos Magic. You guys heard that right? He just said Crocodile. It's about Kirk Cameron summoning uh, Cheese Jesus, and uh, which is really <laughs> Satan, actually. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh man. <laughs> And he hooks up with a crocoduck in Cheese Jesus, also known as Jesus. This is slowly restoring my faith in humanity. And it went viral. And this, wow. this shit it just that's went going viral. on in the world can really get you down. And sometimes yeah. you just need a crocoduck. No, and so I just like, you know, and it didn't last. There was like this weird, like, nine month period where people were really interested in political bizarre erotica. So I wrote, like, Ravished by Reagan-saurus. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Fox News Fuckfest. Wow. And then, like, I just did different ones. Like, I did, um, for publishing one, I started doing, like, there was City on Fire. Do you remember that book? No. It got, like, this guy, it's a terrible book, and it got a $2 million advance. Wait, wait, wait. Who wrote it? Garth Risk Hallberg. <laughs> and it's a terrible book. Like, it, it's, it's like one of those books that's, like, well-written and awful at the same time. Okay. It's, All like, right. 900 pages. It's, like, mm -hmm. New York Publishing. So she did a retelling of it with reptilians oh, and nice. snake aliens, and they have reptilian sex. And... <laughs> This is I'm trying not to go into like I don't know no, how good. far the detail I can go into it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. But yeah. All right. Do you want to play some Author Jeopardy with us? Because it's going to be great. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, you get to choose your first category, my friend. Writing advice for 400. Okay. What is the most infuri infuriating editorial marginalia you've ever received on a manuscript? Margin, excuse me. Marginalia, like editorial comments that oh. you've received. Not enough. Oh. I am an editor, so I love editor com comments. And honestly, I would like the editors I worked with didn't give me enough, in my opinion. They were like this. So this, I'm, I'm a, I'm an, uh, an anomaly here. So I want, because I know, like I know there's shit I'm missing. About yeah. your character development yeah, of the anything, crocodile. Anything could be like, like, yeah. Yeah, this guy doesn't seem well, fully fleshed yeah. out. No, that that's different. <laughs> for, for Slasher Camp, I could have used some more edits. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, you like another category over there? 
Uh, yeah, let's uh, do unnecessary pairings for 800. Okay, this is our food and beverage category? Yeah. All right, so... When, oh, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. Let's go with this book. This beverage goes best with some idle Twitter scrolling and your recent Spotify playlist. Um, La Pro. Nice. What flavor? Oh, damn. You know what? I've actually, I've actually broke rank with La Pro, and I'm now doing Polar. Okay. And I would say polar, uh, like watermelon something. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm not really a big drinker. Okay. Not anymore. What other uh, What other categories do you like? So writing advice for a thousand. Thousand. Yeah. He says. Gone all the way. Oh, this is a great one for you. What is the best writer advice you can give in terms, or you've given or have received in terms of? The business side of writing. Ah, that is a good one. Um, because we got zilch. Do you know you, what I mean? You like you, for, we do so much yeah. writing work, for, and then you get you just get craft. Know what you are. You know, no. Are you um, somebody who's gonna just write the same book ten times in the same genre? Are you gonna like? Are you mainstream? Are you trying to do something a little more out there? You know, sometimes working with an agent could be good for you. Like, knowing what you are and what you do. Do you take two years to write a book? Do you take two months? Really know who you are before you even do the business stuff. And some of it, honestly, though, comes by trying. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would say write short stories, actually, and try to publish them in anthos. I wish I did that. And honestly, the Mandy stuff spoiled me because I'm like, oh, cool, here's a novelette, and I've gotten paid a bunch of money by Kindle. But I wasn't trying to get into other anthos and stuff yeah. like that. And I think yeah. that's what I've noticed, at least, like, with at least my own press. Like, people blew us away with their short stories. Like, I got to do something else with them. And I think that's a good way to know where you're at as a writer. And, you know, if you're a fiction writer, especially. Right. Yeah. That's such good advice. Would you like to read us something? You've heard, we've talked about all the stuff that you do. I want to, I want to hear some. <laughs> the cover of Giants as Globalists. Uh, let's see. I'll read... Um, I should do one of mine and one of Mandy's. Okay, that sounds great. I'll read great. like a couple poems from horror film poems. Let's see. That's timely. That's seasonal. I'm trying to not get something that creepy. Pull up your jack-o'-lanterns, kids, and oh, your man. bucket of Reese's. All right, all right, this is cool. A House of a Thousand Corpses poem. Uh, so it's a persona poem from the, the yes. dude. Yes. With the so I got to get into like the uh, Rob Zombie film. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get into about? like the voice and everything. So this is okay. a persona poem. Okay, great. Them city folks think they're so good coming here with not a piss drop of respect, acting like they own the goddamn place. The only thing they own is their pain. Nothing better than a sheltered shitty boy shitting his pants and begging for his life. To know I got him. To know they're about to let out their last breath. It's better than Granny's meat pies. And I know Dr. Satan is gonna have some fun with all them corpses. He's a collector. Them city folks like collecting patents. But down here, we make flesh into something special. The best ones beg the most. Masterpieces. I make them as good as that motherfucker cut off his ear. Hmm. Now that's a good idea. So. And, uh, okay. Mandy. Oh, man. I'll read from Fox News Fest, All right. which is the most unerotic book ever. <laughs> I think that's 
to affect the Fox News, you know? That is, it is like the ultimate. All right, I'll just read like before the sex. Okay, maybe let the kids I'll pass. wait the kids pass. All right. All right. I'll just read like a couple paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. Just to give a teaser. Okay. Ann Coulter. <laughs> Ann Coulter carried herself with conservative panache. She carried her tall frame with a posture of Dagny Taggart. She walked with pride and swagger like she was one of the boys. Ann Coulter had reverence for Fox News Studios and felt she was answering a call from God himself to have her own nighttime show. She believed most females were blessed with a blissful ignorance. Priests <laughs> or any other positions of power were not meant for women. Besides herself, only a few other enlightened women she believed most belonged in the kitchen fixing a sandwich or breastfeeding a baby. But Anne saw herself differently. An anomaly or an outlier, not because some black Jew wrote a book about it, but because God saw fit to make her think and act like a man. Miss Coulter saw herself as a modern-age Joan of Arc, but her job was to throw liberal ideas into the fire. I'll stop there. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Amazing. So, yeah. All right, Christoph, where do people go find your amazing array of books at Clash Books? Just and, go to classbooks.com. Yeah, man. You, you guys know. need to check them out. Yeah. It's quality stuff over there. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on the Thank show. Thank you. This was awesome. Effing Shakespeare is brought to you on the backs of the harried, unpaid, and not quite starving artists that make up Bloomsday Literary and also the good people at Houston Creative Space. Photography, video, and fine art find all things creative at Houston Creative Space and by Audible. Stop angry tweeting in traffic. I'm looking at you, Ford Fusion, going west on I-10. Listen to us, and then when you're done, listen to an audiobook from Audible. The title we recommend is Rachel Cusk's exceptional trilogy, beginning with book one, Outline. Effing Shakespeare listeners get a free title with a new membership. Go to audibletrial.com slash Shakespeare and read more widely today. You got me? I got nothing. My headphones are out again. Hey. It's not my fault. Oh, yeah, something's loose. <laughs>